This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, Episode 67. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers podcast, and today is the July monthly roundup episode. So in this episode, I'll be going through my takeaways from my interviews with Adam Urbanski from episode 64, Kamanzi Constable from episode 65, and Camila Gornia from episode 66. So first up is marketing mentor Adam Urbanski from episode 64. So Adam, uh, I really loved the interview that I had with him. He had some really cool um, points about marketing that I think a lot of people aren't thinking about. And I know he definitely gave me some ideas myself. And one of the first things that I thought was really cool was when he was talking about entrepreneurship. And he said that the the structure of everything in life um, is often very permission-based, right? He said, you know, you need permission to get into school, you need permission to get a job, you need permission to get a raise, um, a permission to get promotions at work and all that sort of thing. But he said the, the cool thing about entrepreneurship is you don't need anyone's permission to be an entrepreneur. You don't need anyone's permission to be an expert. You don't need anyone's permission to go out and sell a product or make a product or go to someone and uh, and and provide you know sell your service to them. And but the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make or would be entrepreneurs make is that they're waiting for someone else to give them permission to 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 like. Um, dub them an expert so they can go out and sell to finally tell them, yes, you you are ready to go and do this instead of just saying, I'm just going to do it. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's a really powerful point because I think it's very, very true. A lot of people and, and myself included, I found myself in this trap where, you know, you're looking for some sort of validation or some sort of social uh, thing that that will tell you yes you you are officially an entrepreneur or really is it's you don't need anyone's permission you know you don't have to ask anyone you just go out and and do it and uh, and that's that's what entrepreneurship is and that's how it works is it's it's not going through the same process that you use to get a job and 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 I think Adam is so right that we're because of our the structure of society everyone's so used to asking permission to be able to do things, even for example, like, like starting a podcast, like the great thing about a podcast is I don't need anyone's permission to start a podcast. I just go out and I say, okay, I have an idea. I want to go out and start a show about X, Y, and Z. And so I can go and do it. And iTunes has, you know, has a platform and a lot of other, um, you know, distributors uh, have platforms in which you can, you know, record your audio and put your podcast out there. And so that breaks the old radio model uh, that that still exists, but podcasting is, is really opened things up in which before, if you wanted to have a show, you had to go to a radio station, you had to have a pitch, they had to, you know, the, the, the um, you know, creative director, whoever's running the program, the program manager had to, you know, accept your show idea and give you permission to do it. Whereas nowadays, Instead of if you want to be a writer, you just set up a blog and put it on the internet. You don't have to go to a newspaper and get their permission to write for them. You know, if you want to create awesome videos, you just throw them up on, you record them and put them on YouTube. 
and you don't have to get a TV station uh, or movie production company's permission uh, to do that. And so I think in this day and age, there's so many things in which we don't need permission for anymore. We can just go out and start creating the stuff that we love, start creating stuff that we think is really interesting and put it out there for, to the public and the public can decide whether or not they want it or not. Um, but I like, I like that point that Adam brought up and I think it's really important for everyone to kind of think about that. Think about the fact that you don't need permission. It's all about what you want to do and when you think you're ready to do stuff. So, so stop, I guess really stop, stop asking, right? Stop asking for permission from other, from other people, um, to be an entrepreneur. Um, another thing is I like that Adam, Adam talked about his, uh, his transition into becoming an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, he, he kind of took the Richard Branson approach. I think a lot of people are familiar with that Richard Branson quote where, you know, Richard Branson says, if someone asks you if you can do something, say yes. And then, you know, you can figure out how to do it afterward, but don't give up on an opportunity because you don't know how to do it right now. Um, and so basically, you know, Adam's first job was when he came to the U.S. was uh, getting a job as a baker. But he said he didn't know anything about baking. And uh, he went in there and he just said, I'm going to learn everything I can as quickly as possible because I really need this job. And that mentality has helped him so much in in his career of building up this business as a mentor, a marketing mentor for a lot of other people. Um, and so I like that. The, the, the next thing that Adam said I thought was really powerful was he was talking about um, selling. And he said, selling is the transference of confidence. And I thought that was such a cool way to put it because it's so very true. Um, it's you transferring the confidence that you have in your abilities and your products and your services to your customer so that then they have confidence in your products and services and they want to pay you money for them. Um, but he said, you know, the first thing is in order for you to transfer confidence, you have to have it yourself. So the first person you have to sell is you. If you don't believe in your idea, if you don't believe in your abilities, if you don't believe in your service, then no one else is going to believe in it either. So you got to do that first work of convincing yourself that I actually have something of value to provide. And if you're not convinced of that, then it's, you know, time to do a really evaluation of your skills and, and what it is that you can provide. Why are you trying to, why are you even trying to help people? What do you, what, you know, things have happened in your past, whether no matter how small they are, where you've seen, you've been able to have a positive effect on someone else or even seen a positive effect yourself um, on the, uh, you know, the type of things that, that, that you're knowledgeable about. And I, uh, I just really love the, the way that Adam put that. Um, and, uh, you know, he also said that, um, you know, people focus so much on what they don't know instead of focusing on what they do know. And, uh, and focusing on what, you don't know is such a uh, such a such a negative um, approach to take because you know it's like under under any circumstance there's always going to be a truckload of stuff you don't know there's never going to be a point in your life where you're going to know everything about everything um, there's always going to be uh, all these situations in which there's you know, very limited information that you have on any particular topic. But with that, there's always going to be also on the flip side, a whole lot of knowledge that you, that you do know about the topic. And so if you're waiting until you know every single thing about something before you go out and be an entrepreneur, um, then you're going to be waiting forever because you're never going to know everything about it. You're never going to be perfect. And really it takes, you know, going out there and working and trying to, um, you know, do things the right way and, and failing and, and realizing that you made a mistake and learning from that mistake to actually get better. Um, so yeah, so I think that that focus on what you don't know, instead of 
instead of what you do is such a negative way of going about things and something that so many people do. So it's important to be cognizant of that and do your best to, uh, to try to overcome it. Um, he said that, uh, when you're, when you're going out and you're looking for clients, uh, first you need to figure out, um, if, uh, there's someone looking for what you want to sell. So how do you find, uh, your target market? And, um, I think that's an important question to ask yourself if you're ever creating a product. So, so first, before you create the product, is there someone else who wants this thing? Um, and uh, he said the, the easy way to find out if there is someone who want, wants it and also to find product ideas is to look out in the marketplace and see what questions other people are asking. What questions are people asking in Facebook groups? What are they asking in forums? What are they asking in you know surveys or whatever? Um, and see what questions are not being answered um, by the current people out there. And then you, you can identify the gaps in the marketplace and those gaps are places where you can fill in because you know people are asking the question you know that it's something that other people aren't answering either because they're not willing to or they're not knowledgeable about it and then that's an opportunity for you to go and create something that you know that you that people want so you know even if you're not knowledgeable about it at the, at the time um you know as adam said you know if you're curious enough about anything you can learn it you can figure it out um and so I think the combination of that, you know, the curiosity, doing that market research, and you know, like I, like like I said before, and and Adam said, and Richard Branson said, if you don't know uh, how to do something, you say, yeah, I, I, you know, I can I can do this, and you figure it out. And if you're like, you know, if you're curious enough about it, you can figure it out and, and make it work. Um, don't lie to people, obviously, but um, you know, figure out a way to get to deliver on what you're promising to deliver. Uh, and be the kind of person who can who can figure those things out, and that will serve you uh, a lot uh, in 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 the future. Um, and so he also broke down um, business into two segments. And so Adam talked about the psychology of business and the technology of business. And he said the psychology of business is uh, is your mindset. You know, you know what what is your big picture strategy? You know, who is your market? What is the problem? How will you address the po- problem? You know, how will you deliver the the uh, the product and how will you monetize it? And he said the technology part is the tactics. You know, so should I do a webinar? What platform should I use? You know, uh, email marketing or and, and all those sort of things. And he said that people mainly focus on the technology. They they focus on the fact that oh, I don't know how to do a webinar or I don't know how to do email marketing or my emails aren't very good or my Facebook ads aren't very good. Uh, and he said, uh, but they should be focused on the psychology because once you figure out what you want to do and uh, you know all the other pieces kind of come into play right you'll figure out how to get that sort of thing to uh to your target audience so really it's like the psychology is what you should be focusing on the most is getting your mindset right making sure you you have the confidence in your own self and your own products and services to transfer to someone else and then once you figure all that out you'll you'll find a way and the analogy that um you know, that Adam uses it, you'll improvise. And if you need to use a rock as a hammer, you'll do that. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, and he talked about, you know, the, the story of the Wright brothers. And he said he likes to use that methodology because he said um, when it was when people were trying to create the first uh, first airplane, uh, everyone else was focused on what type of engine they would need to build. Um, and the Wright brothers were not focused on that because that was the, really, the I guess, the hardest piece. They were focused on just getting something up in the air that would fly. So they focused on building a glider. 
And then they were the first to market and they were the first successful people to develop an airplane because they first developed a glider that could actually glide. And then all they had to do was attach an engine to it. Um, and so instead of focus on the technology piece first, focus on the psychology of your business, focus on the things that you know how to do and the other pieces will kind of fall into place. Um, and, uh, and, and so I really like that. And he, and he also said, uh, one last piece that I really thought was cool, um, was the fact that you want to figure out how to make money first and then build your business second. Um, and by that he meant, uh, you want to find people that are interested in buying your products, um, and, and make sure that you can sell to even a small group of people, whether it's, you know, friends and family that you're getting in touch with. Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, individuals who are in Facebook groups that you're already a part of, Facebook friends that you have, whatever it may be, find that first, start selling, and then kind of build the business, uh, build a business around that. Don't get so caught up in the details uh, of the business that you never, never actually get started until you iron out all those details. Uh, so next up was Kamanzi Constable from episode 65. So uh, Kamanzi's story was pretty cool. Uh, because I like the way the way he uh, structured going about learning how to become a digital marketing strategist. Uh, so Kamanzi, uh, he started out by, you know, he wrote a book. He was interested in, in the topic of, uh, you know, the everyday struggles of um, working uh, men and women. And so he decided to write a book about that. And the problem was he wrote this book and then he went out to sell it and he didn't have an audience and no one bought it. And so he was devastated. And so he dedicated himself uh, to building an audience. And he said he... Uh, he spent most of 2012 understanding how to build an audience, and he did this by writing 60 guest posts and appearing on over 80 podcasts. Uh, and those two strategies alone brought over 500,000 visitors to his website, and he sold 45,000 copies of his two books. Um, and from that, he was able to uh, gain a following and begin his coaching business because you know a lot of people saw the uh, guest posts that he was writing and would you know reach out to him and say hey you know I want uh, I want to learn more about this you know they saw him on they 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 heard him on podcast and they wanted to learn more about what he was doing they went to his website they wanted to learn more about what he was doing so that allowed him to start his coaching business uh, and then he was able to get some local speaking gigs and uh, and and eventually was able to um, move that into doing corporate trainings. And so small companies had reached out to him and eventually larger companies uh, to do training on uh, digital marketing strategies. And uh, one thing that I thought was cool that uh, that Kamanzi said was um, when he did one of his first trainings, uh, he did a training for this company and uh, and afterward, uh, he went to the director of HR and, and you know, in the beginning, he didn't really know what to charge, which I think is a big problem for a lot of people trying to figure out what do I actually charge for my services. Uh, so he said that uh, he asked his first paying client to pay him uh, $500 uh, plus travel expenses. Um, and his second paying client, um, he asked him to pay him $1,000 an hour. And uh, the crazy thing is that after the training, he went to the HR manager uh, and asked the HR manager what he what others charge, uh, and he said that uh, most people charge between three and eight thousand dollars per hour. So, from that one conversation, Kamanzi knew that he had greatly 
uh, underestimated his earning potential in this marketplace. And so from then on, he started charging $5,000 an hour. And so what I take away from that that I think is really cool is not assuming what your worth is, not assuming what your value is, not assuming someone's not going to buy your product for a certain price point, right? So I think a lot of times people undervalue themselves, especially if they're new. They say, okay, well, I can't sell a course for a 500 bucks, or I can't sell a course for $1,000 because I'm new, so I have to sell it for $97, or I have to sell it for $299, or whatever it may be. You know, and not realizing that there's a lot of people out there who are willing to pay more. So even if you want to start out with a low price point, you want to start out with 97 bucks, you want to start out with 297, that's fine. Uh, but I think you always want to have some upsells in there so that you can capture those people who, who do recognize the additional value that you're providing. And they are willing to pay, you know, more money. They are willing to pay 500 bucks. They are willing to pay, you know, $1,000 uh, for your product or, or, or even more. Um, so I really liked the, the way that Kamanzi put that. And, um, you know, I asked him for his advice because I know a lot of uh, the way that he got a lot of his corporate clients is because he writes for very large publications such as the Huffington Post and Entrepreneur Magazine. Uh, so I asked him, how can the rest of us get in on this? You know, how can we uh, write for these large publications? And he said the, the best thing to do um, is to uh, research uh, those publications, figure out what kind of things they write about, and then reach out to the um, the editor of whatever section you're looking to write uh, for directly. He said instead of going to uh, the like become a contributor or write for a section on a website, go and uh, email the editor directly because you know um, a lot of the times those become a contributor uh, sections and the um, uh, you know write for us sections uh, they get flooded with with so many emails from so many random things, a lot of times it's spam that it often doesn't get checked and sometimes it gets overlooked. But if you write the, the editor directly, one, it shows a lot more initiative and two, it's a lot more likely to be looked at. So uh, if you want to be uh, an influencer in your niche, uh, writing for large publications is a great way to do that. And uh, I think Kamanzi's strategy for going about getting those sort of things is uh, is super cool. And I like the, I like the fact that he, in his business, is very focused on doing corporate trainings instead of doing uh, you know, classes and courses for individuals. Now he does, he does some private coaching too. Um, but his main business is, is doing these corporate trainings. And I thought, I thought all that was cool because it's just a little a different approach than a lot of people are taking. I mean, most people are selling their courses to individuals, not, you know, leaving out these, you know, corporations that have huge budgets that are set aside to, uh, pay money for, for the exact sort of skill set that you have. So, you know, Kamanzi said in this space, you, you just want to, you know, research the company, figure out what sort of problems that they have, make sure you really understand what solutions you can bring to them uh, and and write a, put together a presentation and present it to the company and said the best thing to do is start out with, you know, smaller local companies until you, you know, can build up um, your reputation and uh, get some experience because he was like the larger corporations are going to want to see that you've had clients in the past. They want to see what kind of presentations you've done in the past. Uh, so it's better to start with local clients and smaller companies. But, uh, you know, this is something that really anyone with a skill set uh, in, in business can do. And you can find a company that's that's probably willing to pay for whatever service you are. So if you're looking for new clients and you're looking for a way to either maybe start a business and you're not having much success with targeting individuals, going after corporations uh, is, I think, is a great strategy um, to uh, to take on. And so uh, last up was uh, Camila Gornia from episode 66. Uh, so Camila uh, is a, another digital marketing strategist. She um, she helps her clients to uh, scale their businesses um, 
And I like how candid she was about, um, I guess, her beginnings. And she was saying that in the beginning, you know, she, she had always been good at marketing. You know, she started her first website when she was 12 years old and she was able to get, you know, build an email list and sell products from it. And, you know, now she's on her third business. But the thing is, with starting this, this business, uh, she wanted to sell high ticket offers. Uh, but what she lacked was the confidence in herself um, to one, stay and be serious about her business, but also to have enough confidence to do what Adam was talking about, you know, um, to transfer that confidence to her, uh, to her target audience. So what she had to do was go out and, um, she had to go out and, uh, and, and hire a coach, someone to help her to get her mindset correct so that she had the confidence to know that she could do this. And she did that and it really helped her a lot. And she was able to understand, you know, how to market herself, uh, and, and to, and to sell her products in a way that she could really, uh, build a, a successful business. And so she did that. And, and now she helps her clients to really build up and scale up their businesses. And she calls it her blow up scale up method. Uh, and so there are um, uh, five steps in this in this blow up scale up method. Uh, and so the first step is think up. And so in think up, you do the research to find out uh, what your business is going to be. Uh, you really want to, you know, dig into, you know, what skill sets you have, who, um, how you can really build this this thing out and who you're going to target. Uh, and the next step is, is set up. Um, and here, uh, you really want to know what you're doing. And um, you, you've already done the think up, you know, preliminary pieces and you're, you're building the foundation of your business and you're starting to build your email list. Uh, and the next is the blow up stage. And in blow up, this is where you want to get more publicity for your business. And this is when someone like Camila comes in. Um, so, what she does is she helps people get more publicity and to approach the six-figure mark in their business. Um, and then the next stage is the scale-up method. And this is when you're you're making six figures, you're, you're making multiple six figures, you, you really want to scale up your business even more. Um, and so you start hiring more people into your team. You start doing more paid advertising. Um, and uh, you're working on getting yourself to that multiple six-figure mark. And the last step is the free up stage. And in the free up stage, this is where you start outsourcing stuff. This is where, you know, you 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 figure out what are the all the components of your business that you want to do the least and how many people you can hire to outsource those things so you can free up your time as much as possible. Um, and I like that because I think um, that that progression, if, if someone's not familiar with you know, the stages they, they should they should be seeing and taking throughout their business, it kind of gives them an idea of like, okay, like on a, you know, over time, what should I be doing and how um, should I be going about scaling my business? And uh, I think uh, Camila's strategy and, and uh, the things that she discussed on that episode were, were, were useful because um, then it just gives you a way to, to think about what are my next steps uh, once you get to a certain mark, once you get to making uh, significant, you know, consistent money online, once you get to the six-figure mark, once you get to multiple six figures, and then once you get to a point where you don't really have time to continue to do all the things you've been doing yourself. Um, and so another thing that we talked about, we, we kind of got into uh, running Facebook ads and like what are our different Facebook strategies. Uh, and Camila said that the one thing that she loves to do is – you know, when she's trying to figure out whether or not a, comp- a campaign on Facebook is going to work, um, the first thing she wants to do is she wants to run uh, her landing page to a code uh, to a warm audience and see how that converts first. 
now, if you don't have a warm audience, if you don't already have people on your email list, this is much more challenging. But if you do, um, you, you know, she likes to do that first so then she can test it out and see, like, is this actually converting? Do people actually like it? Um, and she will, she says she likes to make sure um, that she includes language uh, that her audience actually uses so the ad resonates with them. And uh, when we talked about images, you know, I asked her, do you like to use videos or do you like to use, um, you know, uh, images and she said she prefers images because uh, and this is something I actually personally never thought about so it was good to have that conversation she said she doesn't like video because uh, there are too many variables you know that you can't control um, and uh, and the things she kind of lined out were you know are is your client just boring you know and that that's a I'm sure that's a big issue for a lot of people is you know is there bad lighting in the video is there bad audio I mean and you can coach people you can coach coach clients through this sort of thing if you have a client that you're creating ads for or you're creating ads for yourself but yeah if you're a boring person that's just not something you can overcome very quickly or you know you you can't overcome the um, issues of uh, having bad audio or lighting because you don't want to spend the money to buy new lights or, or audio for your Facebook video and image is something that you have a lot more control over and is a lot, a lot easier. Although I personally see the value um, in video if you can do it well, but she is right that a poorly done video um, pretty much shoots, <laughs> shoots your whole opportunity and the benefits of having a video in the first place. So um, I like that point that she made made there. And she said, you know, if you have um, if you have a local business and you want to go online, uh, the best thing to do initially is to start with uh, your existing audience, your existing clients and try to get them to become online customers. She said a lot of people who are in that space, what they do is they they forget about their existing audience. And the one thing she used, she started talking about like. Uh, for example, like personal trainers, for example. So you're a personal trainer, you're working at a gym, you want to take your business online and you think like, oh, I have to start over from scratch. And it's like, no, go to those current clients that you have that you're training in person and use them as a starting base to bring those clients online. Um, and then you can get even more referrals from them and, and start using that as your your first kind of target space um, to grow that business and take it online. Anyone with a, with a physical uh, local business can can use that same strategy. Uh, so those are my takeaways for the month of July. And uh, so I want to thank you very much for coming and joining on the July monthly roundup episode. Uh, thanks for being awesome and joining uh, as usual on the Internet Ballers podcast. I will say be sure to listen up for next week's episode. I will be talking with uh, corporate sponsor expert uh, Linda Hollander, who will be talking about how to get corporate sponsors to fund your podcast, your blog, YouTube channel, or other web media. And Linda Hollander is uh, is an expert in this area in corporate sponsorships, getting corporations to give you money not not the not the typical model that you usually hear about, but they're they're sponsoring you on an annual basis, giving you money uh, to sponsor your your web uh, web assets. Um, and she's going to be talking about how to do that, how to how to approach the corporations, how to get them to to pay you for what you're doing. So if you currently have any sort of uh, products online, your podcast, blog, or YouTube channel where you're not currently uh, generating any revenue, this is definitely an episode not to miss. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out the blog post for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.